0: Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Strike three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. And Lightning has struck twice.
1: And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Welcome to episode number four. 53 this is the ot on for future considerations i'm manny as always with the boys matt and john gentlemen how you doing long time no chat
0: i know a lot has happened in the world of sports since the last time we chatted there's
1: chaos over the last 48 hours it's unbelievable we've had
0: trophies handed out we've had mock drafts exposed hours before they were supposed to be announced it's been busy.
1: It's been very busy. John, how Remember you doing? Remember
0: when we were concerned about putting stuff on this podcast because we were like, I don't know what we're going to have to talk about in the summer. Yeah, it's going to be a Holy dry hell. summer.
2: <laughs> John, how you doing? Good. Good. As uh, soon as I see a championship get won now, my automatic reaction is, hey, I got to change the beginning of the show.
1: That intro was <laughs> great, Rashad. I know. It but, sounds good. That's fantastic. Way to get the new call for the NBA champ milwaukee bucks in there that's fantastic
0: <laughs> anybody that i talk to uh that that listens to the podcast on some regularity says the production on this show is absolutely their fourth or fifth favorite part so congratulations on that john <laughs>
2: I love when what I do on a three-person show comes in fourth. That's what I am for.
0: <laughs> Huge piece of the puzzle.
1: And when, pe- when when people ask me who does the production, I say it's Matt. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I say it's Manny. How do you think we got those Italian girls to talk to us last week? <laughs> oh, man.
1: No, it's fantastic. Great work, John. That was fantastic intro. Love it.
2: And that was an exciting finish to the season, too.
1: Yeah, the Bucks winning it all. How about Giannis, right? And his yeah. performance? Yeah.
2: yeah, not only in Game 6, but uh, the whole NBA Final. And uh, he definitely deserved that uh, Finals MVP win.
1: I wanted to get the job done. You know, uh, they, but that's my stubborn side. Like, it's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else. It's easy. I could go, but I, I don't want to put anybody in the spot, but I could go to a super team. And, you know, just do my part and win a championship, still one. But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way to just do it. And we did it.
0: Fucking did it. We did it, man.
2: What do you guys think of the Bucks' victory and his performance overall?
0: I was trying to think uh, when we were getting ready for this, and again, not a huge basketball fan, don't have a ton of, of background as far as numbers and, and things like that, but um, in the last four games of this series, have we seen a individual have that kind of a single-handed performance of basically winning four straight games by himself. He got some help from Middleton. He got some help by some of the supporting cast, but like to go like 37, 40, 42 and 50, like he just became a a complete mystery that Phoenix had no idea how to solve. Just like that.
1: Even in game two, when uh, he put up 40 plus points in game two and they lost, Right. Um, get, I give the Bucs supporting cast credit. They actually showed up, played defense, stopped Phoenix from shooting the three, but you're right. Phoenix had no answer on the other end of the floor to play defense against Giannis. He was fantastic, and it, it might have been the quickest turnaround at the free throw line ever. Like He yes.
0: was awful.
1: And then I think he was like 13 of 15 from the free throw line in game six. It was unbelievable.
0: And I blame the Phoenix Suns fans for that because that previous round, he could not hit the rim most of the time, let alone a hitting a free throw. And the crowd was counting as he was getting his, his timed in for his shots, and, and was trying to mess with him. And, and it seemed like it was working, and, and we never saw that at all with Phoenix. You know, they they boo him just like everybody else boos him when he touches the ball. But I mean, the guy's a, a grown man professional athlete I've I've never understood the booing in sports but like that's not going to rattle anybody
1: they were counting right they were going one
0: Yeah, they were counting. The problem was, like we said, Manny, when we were watching the game one time, he was starting to shoot based off of their timing. (laughs) So he would get to 10, 11, 12, and it became part of his his shooting routine. And at the end of that series, he did get better. And I think it was because he was just getting into a rhythm based on the counting. So they kind of booted that too. But a a hell of a performance, really.
1: Uh, You know, I talked about how Chris Paul, I was hoping he would win it, but... You know, with all the, everybody was talking about everyone else, whether it was LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic. right? I mentioned all those players' names because Giannis seemed to be the forgotten superstar. But give him credit, you know, putting in 50 in the clinching game in game six, um, he has now joined Michael Jordan and Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon as the only players to win finals MVP, regular season MVP, defensive player of the year. And the other thing that I like about it is that he said he wasn't leaving Milwaukee. He's promised he was going to stay and bring a championship. He delivered. And I love the clip you played. He talked about how it was easy to go to a super team and try to win it all. He wanted it to win it in Milwaukee.
2: What do you think his teammates think of that clip? Though it kind of, he sort of insinuates the rest of the guys on this team are a bunch of bums, and I did it by myself.
1: I don't know if it insinuates that so much. Like I, I think it. The the, the takeaway that I had from the clip was that you're, you know, he wanted to win in Milwaukee and not go to another super team. That's what I took away,
0: and I, and I, I get a lot of respect for him for for that. That way of thinking because it would have been very easy very easy and no one would have blamed him that's that's the way the nba works and you know it's funny when you get down to those final four teams that we saw this year there's nothing flashy about any of those teams as far as their locations or uh you know the super squads or or anything like that it seems like all of those teams were were basically working in uh, in the same type of of capacity outside of the the clippers really um but they were banged up as it was so yeah, it looked as though, you know, I mean, basketball there's only 5 guys on the court. One person can make a huge difference and this was Giannis's coming out party for sure.
1: So you're you're partially right, I think John like he dominated. He was by himself, right? So but but you know, Holiday helped in game 5, I think. Middleton in game 4. If you can get one other guy, he he can do it himself. So this week we switched
2: things around because we had our guests on our first episode so on this edition of the OT we'll debate a number of topics including the Seattle Kraken Expansion Draft, uh, the NHL Draft coming up this weekend, some baseball, music, and movies too.
0: And if you haven't listened to the first podcast of the week, go back and listen to episode 52, Mark Edwards and Jerome Barube from HockeyProspect.com join us uh, with some insight on how they scout hockey, uh, how they came up with the black book, how they put that together, some of the top prospects in the the weekend's NHL draft as well. Really insightful information. And uh, again, if you get a chance to take a look at uh, HockeyProspect.com, it is uh, it is. Basically, pornography for uh, hockey fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got some unbelievable stuff in there. Great, great stuff. So we had a, a thrill uh, chatting with him.
2: So um, they're great insights and our uh, less great insights. We're going to offer our own mock draft uh, coming up later on the show. But first, let's um, talk about the NHL expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. How anticlimactic was that? <laughs>
1: It's was unbelievable, wasn't it? like it was chaos all day Wednesday with Frank Servelli and all the other reporters leaking the players who were going to be selected. I I just don't understand how the league thought it was going to be a good idea that the Kraken would have their list into them at 10 a.m uh, when nine 10 hours later, it was 10 hours later that the show was going to go on. Find me ESPN. I'm pissed off.
0: Yeah, and, and you're giving. You know, this is Frank Cervelli and and them. This is their job. I mean, this could be very well the last expansion draft we ever see in the NHL. I don't think the NHL is going to go more than thirty-two teams, or probably shouldn't. So. I mean, you're giving these guys 10 hours to basically do their job, and they are the best of the best, and they've been building contacts, and they've known people from across the league, because they've now come to Seattle uh, from different areas and different markets and and things like that to put this together. I mean, uh, that's just them doing their job. And and I think they just showed the power of the media and and how many inside sources there are that that operate within hockey and not just hockey, but I think anywhere else. And I think it was a horrible shame that the NHL made Seattle put that list in at all. Uh, I thought that list should have been announced individually, one by one, by Ron Francis and his staff at 8 o'clock on Wednesday, as I had sent in our group chat, it was about 2.45 or 3.30 or something like that, that every team but two had been listed in there. And then we found them out about 5 o'clock. So really, we found out the whole team three hours before the announcement was supposed to happen. You know, It, it made no sense, like you said, Manny, and, and I think this is a huge miss for the NHL.
1: I uh, I made the list and posted it to our social media by six o'clock. Yeah, I, I yeah I think the Red Wings were the last pick, and somehow that didn't get leaked because they couldn't find Dennis Chalowski to tell them.
0: Yeah, Seattle <laughs> hadn't talked to him yet. <laughs> yeah, so
1: uh, I I totally agree. I think I think this is a terrible messed up. Uh, I, it was great to see. The actual players in Seattle on the stage. They had Chris Dreger, uh, they had Jordan Eberly, they had Mark Giordano on the stage for for that expansion draft. But I think they could have done that and not tell the or or you know, keep it very, very secret how many people will know which players are going to be there. Yeah, I if, if maybe you leaked five instead of thirty guys. Like, okay, maybe there's five leaks, but 30 leaks? Come on.
0: Yeah, I get the unveiling. I, I get the idea of introducing the players uh, that night in the jersey, all of that. I just don't know why that couldn't happen tomorrow, or it couldn't have happened the afternoon of the draft, where you can get everybody in town. You know, you can have them all now. Obviously, that's the way of the world. You can have them all on Zoom calls. You can have them all part of that. And they're not there presenting the jerseys and putting them on. Or, like you said, we we know that this goalie is going to be selected or this player is going to be selected. The one person I didn't see, which would have been, a, I, I think, a, um, uh, if he was on there or not, was the kid that they actually signed, that first kid that they signed. He should have been there. I mean, he's the first... Seattle Kraken, right? He's the one that models the jersey and then you bring everybody in Anyways, I, I think this was, you know, advertised as uh on on social media and, and throughout the NHL and their marketing department and thing like that as this massive reveal. And I mean you basically already circled Waldo and then gave somebody the book and we're like, Well, this is fun. There he is. <laughs>
2: And uh, so let's look at the players now that um, they've all been leaked. Which one's did you like for the Kraken and uh, what did you th- what do you think of their roster overall? I know Vegas is the blueprint for how to uh, launch an expansion team. What do you think uh, Seattle looks like?
1: Well, I think their back end looks good. I think their forwards are suspect. Um, you know, I they went heavy on defense. Um, and I think their defense looks fantastic actually if I think about it. Um, you know, they've got um, Mark Giordano, uh, Jamie Oleksiak, who they've signed, Adam Larson, Curtis McDermott, Carson Su- Susie Vince Dunn. Like, they've got some really good defense that it's going to be very difficult to play against. Um, and I like... Chris Dreger as the goaltender and yeah. Jeremy Lozon
0: as well. I I like that, that pick Right for from them. Boston. Yeah.
1: And and Vanacek, the goaltender from Washington. I think they have two really good goaltenders. I look at their forwards, you know, I like Yanni Gord. I like Mason Appleton. I like Eberly. I like Callie Yarncrow. I, I I like Jonas Donskoy. And my list stops there. The other guys are good, but they're they're mostly third, fourth liners for me.
0: Yeah, and I don't think there's any superstars. I'm disappointed that they couldn't get something done with uh, Landis Gog ahead of time. I think that would have been a, a perfect spot for them uh, to to really make a splash. I don't think there's really picks in this team that make a splash, so to speak. But I think the the way that they're uh, they're building this team is that there's going to be not a lot of money uh, hanging in these guys in the next two, three, four years. I think they're going to be doing a lot of work through the draft. And I think their hope and, and, you know, uh, Vegas sets an extremely, impossible uh, standard for expansion teams, just how they've come into the league. This is the way that makes sense to me. The the Seattle Kraken come in, they've got some guys they're going to be tough to play against. They're not going to run away with a division. I don't think they're going to to win a conference championship in their second year or anything like that. But you give them, the players that they have right now, not a ton of money invested in them. Three years possibly to build up draft capital to get some of these players and remember they've got the second overall pick in the draft uh so they can take some time and build through the draft and i think maybe that you know again four year five year timetable is when seattle really hits it makes sense to me it's not a flashy draft um but i don't think it had to be
1: yeah again it's not an offensive juggernaut of a team but there are a couple of things that you said there it was obvious to me afterwards that the cap room was more important to them than trying to get a flashy offense their defense looks really good their back end looks really good yep. but they they valued cap space more than you know dynamo forwards but the other thing you said too they're in the pacific division like you know look at look at the teams in that division anaheim san jose they don't scare you you know? They're gonna they're obviously gonna have a rivalry with your Canucks, John, and that's not going to be easy either. They're going to gear up for those games. So they're gonna be competing. Well, and speaking of the Canucks, I mean you guys failed to mention Cole
2: Lind. Come on. Yeah, what do you think what do you
1: think <laughs> about losing him?
2: <laughs> well, um I watched his first game and I when they got uh, pounded by the Leafs at the end of the <laughs> season and uh <laughs> He didn't do much, and that was after he broke his nose a couple of weeks before that. So it uh, hasn't been a great start for Coltland. <laughs> so
1: you're Hopefully. not losing any sleep over it, eh? No,
2: no, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, you know, if I look at my Montreal Canadiens, obviously uh, it was a poker game with Carey Price. I, I said earlier in the week I didn't think they were going to take him, and and in the end they didn't. They Again, they valued the cap space overtaking the big contract superstars
0: yeah dennis chelowski 23 year old defenseman for the red wings restricted free agent and he had only played 16 games this year he was a guy who i think they had high hopes for that's never really clicked or never really stuck um you know, uh, if you're creating a spot for Morris Sider and and they have to take a, a D, you don't lose Stetcher, who's more of a veteran guy. You know, you've already made a, a trade this year to get Nick Letty. Uh, I don't think you really lose too much here, but he is a guy that, you know, possibly different uh, change of uh, of scenery for him uh, might might be a good start for him.
2: And now it's time for our mock NHL draft. And oh it wouldn't God. be a draft without
0: so NHL
2: Commissioner Gary Bettman getting booed. We found a compilation of uh, the many booings over the years, including that one in Philadelphia. I think they went for a three minutes straight, was it?
0: <laughs> We're going to play the whole thing?
2: <laughs> Here's Commissioner Gary Bettman. Hello, Columbus. Hello, Ottawa. I love your passion,
1: merci pour la bienvenue,
2: good afternoon, I love your energy, we're going to have a good afternoon, but this is a home game for me.
1: You can do it. You can do better than that. That's more like it. They even booed him in Seattle. It was fantastic. Before yeah. the expansion draft Wednesday night.
0: Don't even know who the guy is yet. Could have been the guy that's organizing the carts outside your grocery store. Just I don't know who
1: you are, but I hate your guts. Yeah,
0: This guy looks- seems like someone I could punch.
1: He does look like somebody from
0: the IRS. Right, yeah, so yeah. you
1: you you don't like those guys,
0: yeah, yeah. So,
1: so, so you do boo them.
0: There's a little bit of Gru from Despicable Me in there too. So
1: <laughs> that is so true.
2: Our guest next week, Gary Bettman. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan of the show. Yeah. Um, so this will work like the NFL mock draft we did earlier this year. Uh, we'll alternate between picks, and then I'll step in and handle the pick for my Vancouver Canucks at number nine. So you better not try me and pick my pick.
1: Stan Smeal. <laughs> Todd Bertuzzi. Harold Snips. Your elite goalie, Matt
2: Kirk McLean. Mark
1: Kirk <laughs> <God>. Mark Messier. <laughs> Oh, I don't even Brashire. get you
2: going on Mark Messier. Oh, that makes me violently mad. I don't think I
1: said it. You're the commissioner. Boo.
0: Boo. Oh.
2: <laughs> I am not watching any games on ESPN just because Mark Messier is part of the team. <laughs>
1: We're going to get you a Marc Messier Vancouver Canucks jersey for Christmas. I
0: I loved those ones. (laughs) The ones that changed color as it went up. Looks like the the dress my daughter wore to first day of school this year.
1: (laughs) And you know what that color was? It looks like she got paint on it in the (laughs) kindergarten class. (laughs)
2: And that color was officially Pacific Salmon. That's what color that was. Oh Oh
1: my gosh. (laughs) I wouldn't even wear that to the club. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually thought about getting that, and then I, I saw one actually in the store, and I went, oh, God, no, no. Who, uh, how many
0: jerseys do you have, Rashad? Because you've got a few, don't you?
2: Yeah, I have four Canucks jerseys, and then I have a Team Canada.
0: Oh, you're going to get a fifth Canucks jersey. You believe us. Uh, <laughs> Number 11, baby.
2: Like <laughs> You the prize possession is the Pavel Barajos. Yeah, I quite enjoy wearing yeah, whenever yeah. that's cool. And that was the one
0: with the skate logo on the front, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. sick.
2: <laughs> All right, so are you guys ready? Let's go. Yeah. All right, Manny, you are on the clock at number one as the Buffalo Sabres.
1: Hello, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup. Boo. <laughs> that didn't Boo. sound heartfelt. though. Boo. <laughs> Uh, With the first pick in the 2021 NHL draft, the Buffalo Sabres are proud to select from the University of Michigan, Olin Power. Listen, he's the best defenseman in the draft. I was stuck, honestly, between him and Matty Beneers about two months ago, and then I saw Power play at the Worlds for Team Canada he sold me. Uh he's the he's the best player in the draft in my opinion. You know, whether he could actually be a superstar in Buffalo is a question that still needs to be answered because the way that franchise is, but if you're keeping Eichel around, if Jack Eichel is going to stay there, you need to surround him with some talent. You might as well surround him with the best blue liner available
0: yeah and you've got him and Daleen now uh that are, are back there hopefully again for years to come for for Sabres fans uh nothing wrong with pick number one there Manny
2: all right and Matt you have the second overall pick which belongs to the Seattle Kraken
0: thank you very much uh Commissioner Bouchard. I appreciate Ooh. the the people here where are we where are we doing the draft this year where is it this year
1: it's virtual
0: virtual it's a great uh, great town here in uh in virtual america <laughs> <laughs> happy. <laughs> happy to be here have to be part of it happy to make our first selection in franchise history from the university of michigan center matty benears
1: good pick so why'd you pick him there
0: I think this is the biggest splash the Seattle Kraken can make. Um, I think he's a a force up front, both ends of the ice. Um, The speed is going to be something that that, that fans are, are going to embrace. I think he's a guy you can build around. He seems to be a character guy that at one point could be a captain for your team. And I think he's the best available forward. So at that point, you're going to take one of the Michigan kids. If you're taking Matty Beneers first, I'm taking Owen Power second. Uh, and I think Michigan's going to go 1-2 here in the draft. And I think it's a very easy choice for both teams.
1: Yeah, I like Beneers a lot. I thought he was fantastic at the World Juniors as well. He w- just as power. I was really excited, Matt, that we might have had an opportunity to go to Michigan to watch that team play with Kent Johnson, who I'm sure we'll say later. But Matty Baneers to me, I totally agree. I think he's the best forward. And knowing what Seattle did in the expansion draft, they they need forwards. Yeah. So it, I think it's a great pick.
0: You talked about not having a ton of offense up front and a pretty solid defense. I think you could slot Matty Baneers in, depending on, on what your depth chart looks like, in the second line. And uh, now, all of a sudden, your your team has has gotten a lot stronger with one pick.
2: And now, with the third pick, it's Manny and the Anaheim Ducks.
1: So, uh, the Anaheim Ducks very interesting here because um, you know they they had Drysdale, the defenseman from Erie, with the first pick last year, and they obviously have Trevor Zegers who's a very talented young forward up there. When when I look at the list here, um I don't know if um if you need defense, I think you need some scoring. So I like William Eklund to be the number 3 pick, another dynamic forward to go at number 3 to the Anaheim Ducks.
2: Matt, you are picking number 4. For
0: New Jersey well am I ever thrilled Manny that you went that route with your selection there at three because yes that the, the draft could very well change uh, at three I think Anaheim is one of those teams that could go in in either direction and yeah. New Jersey's left sitting here um Jerome Barube, who joined us uh, from HockeyProspects.com in the previous episode this week, traded this pick. Um, <laughs> when you look at the depth in this draft, I mean, I don't really have a problem with them dropping too much further down. Um, if you can pick up some more guys, but for the sake of the draft itself and doing a, a mock draft here, um, I think for New Jersey has Jack Hughes, They have Pavel Zatcha. They've got Nico Hischer, who's hopefully healthy. They've got some of these younger guys coming up, Miles Wood. They've got a little bit of depth and forward, so I think they're going defenseman. I think they're going the second-best defenseman in the draft. The New Jersey Devils are proud to select Simon Edvinson, defenseman from Frolunda of the Swedish Hockey League.
1: And I like the Edmondson pick because he's such a good skater right when you when you mentioned all those forwards names um you know if you can get them the puck if you can be the dynamic defenseman offensive defenseman who can rush the puck up the ice because we're starting to see more rushing defensemen who can make a crisp first pass if he can do that, New Jersey will be good. Like, I, I I looked at him at number 3 for Anaheim cuz I agree they could go either way. I just think that they need more offense and I thought that I thought that Eklund who's got great hockey sense and he's got great skill. Maybe he's not the best skater in the world, but uh, those other attributes I had him going 3. If if I let him go, were you picking him at 4?
0: Um if you had not pa- if you had passed on Eklund? Eklund? No, yeah. I was going defense all the way at 4. All the way? Okay. Yeah.
2: All right, and Manny is picking fifth for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who are you taking?
1: So this was interesting for me, too. Um, I I honestly struggled a little bit with this um, because I wanted to go off the board just like they did in the first round last <laughs> yep, year yep. and stump Mike Futa a little bit. Um, you don't need a goaltender, right? They, mm-hmm. They've they got some good goaltenders in the pipeline. Um I like from the Edmonton Oil Kings in the WHL, not the goaltender, but the other player, Dylan Gunther. He's a right winger. Okay. And so I'm taking him. Now, Nor- this is not a Columbus Blue Jackets pick, right? Columbus usually takes a European um, or a Russian or something like that. But I, I think they they need some more uh, jam, I think they have some skill, guys. I'd just like to see them get some more jam, and I think Dylan Gunther can provide that as well as put the puck in the net. So uh, I, that's what I'd like Columbus to do, to get some more jam. Whether they do it, I honestly don't know if they will pull it off, but I would like to see that pick go there.
0: The interesting part, of, like you'd said, of the the guys who could go, um, where you talk about Europeans. When you look at the list that I've got compiled, at least for the top ten, top fifteen, there's not a ton of Europeans outside of the outside of the board that we have. Uh, so I think. You know Columbus. Uh, whether they they pull a Columbus, um, it's uh, there's not a ton of options to go European at that spot.
1: Right, and and that's why I like Dylan Gunther there because he his compete level is fantastic. He's got great skill. He's got great hockey sense. And at least at times, every time I saw him, every time he was on the ice, he was the threat to score. So and. um you know, maybe he mixes in well with the other European players and skilled players that they have drafted from Russia. Uh, I would like to see Columbus do something like that.
2: And now it gets interesting. Matt, the Detroit Red Wings have the sixth pick, and you get to pick. Who are you oh, taking? Oh,
0: my goodness. I'm going to be sick. Um, <laughs> 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 so the the topic of conversation at six is goaltending uh, teams seemingly a little bit more uh, over the last couple of years have put a value on goaltending there are some that believe that you do not need an outstanding goaltender to succeed as long as your team plays a good system they are responsible 200 feet and you've got a strong defensive core uh, i like the red wings at forward i don't think there's a ton of outstanding scoring depth coming in there Um, but I think they've got some good players that could develop over time the defense is not that great Um, I could see uh, if I if I'm thinking they go that route maybe a Brant Clark here maybe a Luke Hughes here to put with Morris Sider to try to get um, a little bit more depth on their their blue line in the future
2: And Manny, you're picking 7th for the San Jose Sharks.
1: Uh, So, uh, the San Jose Sharks are salivating here at number 7. Absolutely. Like, there's still some really good players on the board. I look at Mason McTavish. It's always tough to get centers. Everybody talks about, you know, getting a center is key in the NHL, and it's always difficult to find the next one. Cole Sillinger, another center. But a lot of people think that Luke Hughes has the highest upside as a defenseman in this class, even more so than Owen Power. He's skating is fantastic. He's very smart. And I think the San Jose Sharks need a defenseman. So as much as I love to go McTavish here, I'm going to go Luke Hughes with the pick for the San Jose Sharks. From the U.S. National Development Program.
2: And now, number eight, the LA Kings have that pick. And Matt,
0: wow, I'm, I'm scrambling with my 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 staff here at the table. Well, they went they went off the board there, guys, a little bit. Who do we have? <laughs> Who's available? What do we got? Did you not?
1: Where do you think San Jose goes? They need help everywhere, but they, don't you think they, they go defense? Uh,
0: to me, I think, uh, and, and I've seen a split amongst the the mock drafts that I've read, and especially some of them where they get two or three people to do the same one. They're never the same the same guy. Um, I think for 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 them, and yes, like you'd said, there's a value on centers. So I think if May, if uh, Mason McTavish gets this far, I think he's going to be the pick um, at, for for San Jose. But um, no, I, I I have no problem with Luke Hughes there either. I think there's a lot of guys that you can make a real good argument for uh, in a lot of these spots, and and I think you know uh, as much as we teased Jerome when we uh, when we had him on there in the the previous episode. I will not be surprised if a team is able to move from you know, four to 11 or seven to 11. If somebody really needs to get up and get somebody uh, there might be some movement there because I don't, I don't think there's an outstanding group or an outstanding individuals um, at the top uh, this year, as much as we've seen previous years, but I really like the depth of the top 15 guys.
1: Yeah. Like I look at San Jose's defense, they have Carlson who's hurt. They have Brent Burns, who's 36. They have, Uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, who's 34, and then other guys who I've never heard of. So I'm thinking they need some young blood on that blue line. And that was the deciding factor for me. And the fact that Luke Hughes can skate, whereas we heard Mark and Jerome talk about this class may be known as the worst (laughs) skating class of all time. So you got L.A.
0: So I got L.A. Um, and again, man, we, we're, we are going to sound like a broken record here. You could see L.A. go uh, either way on this. They, I don't think, have a ton of depth at D, um, other than, you know, uh, Drew Doughty, who's at 31 years old now. Um, I don't think there's a, a ton of guys here that are, are producing or, or big time players, and the forwards that they have, you know, Anzi Kopitar's at 33, Dustin Brown's 36, they've got Gabe Velarde, they've got Kempe, who was good, um, you know, Alex Aflalo was, was pretty good as well, so I think they, that you go, you, you, you could see them go anywhere uh, in that. For me, uh, I think you're going after the the better uh of the forwards for uh the the draft here and i think for me it it comes down to again top six star potential um in mason mctavish of the Peterborough peets
1: imagine if you're the kings right and you get mctavish right
0: yeah yeah that, and, uh, that you know, he's
1: fantastic because now you have byfield and mctavish up the middle,
0: yeah. To me, he's got a. There's a little bit of um, Jeff Carter there. That they there may be some familiarity with that style as well. But no, I th- I think it's a. I think it's an incredible move for them if they're able to make it.
1: Like you got Kopitar, and then you your other centers are Villardi and then you can throw in Byfield, and then you can throw in McTavish. Yeah, Up the middle is pretty good now. You'd be set up pretty good if
2: that that happens. All right, and now we've come to the ninth pick for my Vancouver Canucks. Okay, John. uh, There we go. I am not going to pick Luke Hughes. I am going to go another Michigan player, Kent Johnson. He can play center and left wing. Okay. Uh, He scored 27 points in 26 games as a freshman
0: that's all right and
2: the yeah the year before he played not uh not the best league but the BCJ, uh, BCHL uh for trail he got uh, 41 goals and 60 assists in 52 games yeah he's a good puck handler and he's got a quick release so that's who we're picking is kent johnson for the vancouver he's got
1: Facts. he's got great hands he's very creative right so yeah yep. uh i i think that's a great pick for vancouver I thought you wanted to go D. Yeah. I thought, I thought with Luke, if Luke Hughes went seven, as I had him, I thought maybe you might look at Brant Clark here. But you went forward, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. Also, um, he's a native of North Vancouver, which never hurts either. Sometimes oh, you, you like went to get local. a hometown guy. Oh,
1: okay. So the local, put you, the local put you over the top? Yep. Is that what it was? Okay.
2: All right. And now, Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Number... Uh, Number 10. Number 10.
0: This is it. So, again, senators could go a few different ways. Look at some of the the guys that are are still on this this list, on the short list. Brant Clark, who we just mentioned. I've seen mock drafts where he goes fourth. He's the second defenseman getting picked, right? Cole Sillinger, many a draft shows him in the top 10. Matthew Coronado out of the, the Chicago Steel of the USHL. Again, another guy that's a top 12, top 15, it seems. And possibly, you throw in the option of Sebastian Cossa from Edmonton. It'd be the first time that there have uh, been two goalies selected in the first round since 2012. Andre Vasilevsky and Malcolm Subban uh, being those two. I don't think they're going to go goaltender here. It would make sense, again, with not a lot of depth and Decord getting selected by Seattle where they, they now Really don't have a goaltender Of the future, you could see the same Kind of pattern that with the Red Wings That the Senators are not going to win right now uh, That they could wait a couple Of years for this kid to kind of develop Himself and kind of go from there To me, I think this is a team That has the opportunity To really overload In a certain Area of the game and And I think when you look at some of the names that are that are on this team. You know, Thomas Shabbat, Eric Brandstrom, for what it's worth, Victor Mete, Jacob Bernard Docker. I think there's a lot of good D in the system for the Ottawa Senators. And I think they add to that and take Brant Clark, defenseman from the Barry Colts.
1: See, I think if Clark falls to Ottawa at ten, they are thrilled.
0: I think you'd have to be. I, I think there's. I've seen a number of charts and from scouting services and such that we've looked at that have Brant Clark as the second best goal to, or the second best defenseman in this draft. I took Simon Edvinson at four for New Jersey, where Brant Clark you know, Brant uh, Clark's brother, I think, is was drafted uh, by the New Jersey Devils uh, just a couple of years ago. So there's even a connection there as well, where it would make sense that he could go uh, to New Jersey because of just plain familiarity with the family. So I mean, if you're looking at a guy that could possibly go in the top five, and he's sitting there at 10, uh, I don't think there's any problem with trying to overload one position, if you're the Ottawa Senators, and if you got the chance to grab uh, another real solid defenseman, uh, I think that's a, a great spot for you to be in.
1: Yeah, he he can move the puck. He's a right-handed shot. Can he's a really good passer. I just think he needs to work on his skating a little bit, and that's why he fell down a bit on my board. But I think as a top ten pick at number ten for Ottawa, I think Brant Clark's a great pick for them.
2: And so that concludes our top 10 NHL mock draft. We'll see how close we are. The first round is Friday night, and rounds two through seven will be held on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and before we move on to rapid fire, speaking of uh, OHL-NHL connections, big shout out to Trevor Litowski, who is leaving the head coaching job of the Windsor Spitfires to take an assistant coaching job with the NHL's Montreal Canadiens. So, congratulations to Lutz. I was texting with him on Wednesday when the news dropped. He was really excited about the opportunity. And we're going to try to get him on the podcast to talk about it, too.
2: Yeah. Well, we're going to hit him up for a some huge. tickets,
1: right?
0: Yes. Huge well, move. We have for a him. few
1: connections in Montreal, though,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. Huge move for him. Good for him great coach just... extremely highly regarded in, in in ohl circles outstanding guy to uh, the same part and there's obviously that connection there through hockey canada uh and that uh really kind of bl- uh, blended this together and uh and that's a big move to go ohl head coach to nhl assistant coach uh just like that especially to the um losers of the stanley cup
1: yeah hey Easy <laughs> runners up. How about oh runners, runners up, up?
0: Runners up. That's that's the Easy. term I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: you're right. He had that connection with Dominic Ducharme, right? So from Hockey Canada, so great in there. But he is a great young hockey mind. Like uh, he's got a great future ahead of him. Um, speaking of junior coaches, Dave Cameron has been named head coach of the Ottawa Sixty Sevens. Remember, he was with the Mississauga. Um, st mike's majors remember in him well <laughs> yes yes and uh and then he went to the ottawa senators in the nhl he stays in ottawa with the 67s after andre tourney took the head coaching job with arizona so congrats to dave cameron as well
0: and he gets all of the hockey canada gigs as well he's going to be coaching yes. the world juniors
1: yeah, 'cause that's tour, that was Tourney's game. That's yeah,
0: right? a big that's so. <laughs> a big day for Dave Cameron. But <laughs> here's the head coach of a OHL team again and Hockey Canada. Uh yes, sir, please. Yes, sir. Uh <laughs> where where will I sign this?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll take the I'll take it.
0: Yeah. I got nothing to do. Are you ready?
2: Now it's time for Rapid Fire. Um, Let's stay with hockey for a few minutes. Did you guys see the new logo for Vancouver's AHL team in Abbotsford? Johnny Canuck. What do you guys think? Johnny,
0: I love it. What I think it's fantastic. By our beauty. I think it's a top five all-time logo.
1: Seriously, John, we might have to get you a second jersey of the Abbotsford Canucks (laughs) with Johnny Canuck. Can we get him
0: with Messier on the back? (laughs)
1: Like, I, next to your face on it, that is the next best thing as the logo.
0: <laughs> Johnny John, Canuck. John, what do you
2: think? Do you like Johnny Canuck? I am literally the only person I know who doesn't love that logo. I just, I don't like it. I like the skate logo. But, um, yeah, I've never been a big fan of the Johnny Canuck logo.
0: Come on. I, I feel like the Vancouver Canucks franchise. Uh, this would be something uh, to to do uh, when we when we have the chance to do some homework here, boys. Have the Vancouver Canucks changed their logo more than any Ooh. team in the NHL? Yeah, good it's got to be
2: close. It's got good be close. question
0: because they they do it. This is like you know every five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're running out of colors here, guys. You're going you're, you're to end up being mint green at some point uh, with a with a flash of Pacific salmon. You
1: might be right. Not maybe not just the logo, but the jerseys too. Like they've yeah they've put out different jerseys all the time. Right? We could we could do a whole show on the Canucks there, Rashad Johnny Canuck with Abbotsford in the AHL. Alex Edler, should he stay or should he go? Yeah, I think he should stay. I have a soft spot. I really
0: like Edler. Aw, he has a soft spot. What about? <laughs> wait, wait. He like I got you can't say that when I'm drinking uh, here. You, you like someone on the Vancouver Canucks? <laughs> wait a second what about,
1: what about getting Jason Dickinson? Do you like that move from Dallas?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I'm okay with that move. Yeah,
1: I think it was a good move
0: by yeah. you guys. I think it's a third round pick. Is that what it was? A third round I think pick. So. Um, that's not yeah, bad. Yeah, I think so. That's not bad. He's a good player.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of times where you're like, what the hell were they thinking? And I didn't feel like that with that move.
0: So,
1: yeah, yeah didn't he pour it on towards the end of the season, right?
0: Yeah. He, he did, uh, quite yeah. a bit. When uh, when the rookie started getting hot, was it what's his name, Robertson? Right, yeah. When he started getting hot, you, you saw a little bit more from, from Dickinson yeah. there.
1: It was a third-round pick, 73rd overall. I think that's a good pick but that's fine I'd yeah. let Edler go buddy I know you got a soft spot soft spot for him how <sighs> old is that guy
2: oh yeah he's no spring chicken that's for sure he's uh, older
1: than Johnny Canuck
2: Lebongo <laughs> 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 uh, loved Johnny Canuck he had that on his uh, on in one of his helmets for a while uh, Edler's 35
1: Say 35 yeah yeah uh, maybe yeah
2: uh, isn't it isn't it depressing when you're like eight years older than a guy you think is way too old to play for your team?
0: Yeah, like oh my god, there's this guy can't play. Are you kidding yeah, me? He
1: could play in Abbotsford with Johnny Canuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and um, a little bit of uh, off ice, uh, the Ontario Hockey League is mandating that all players, staff, and billets must be fully vaccinated for the upcoming season. That's a bit of a landmine. What do you guys think of that?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I don't love it. I really don't. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's something about it to me that, um, it, to me, it comes across as the OHL making things a little more difficult for themselves again. Um, they were the only league in the CHL that did not play last year. At this point, they're the only t- league that has said we want mandatory vaccinations i think there's a lot of lot of families and a lot of kids out there that are going to be looking to the u.s program uh to the the w the the q somewhere somewhere else i mean you you could lose out on some pretty good players just from the fact that they're not getting vaccinated billets are always very hard to come by uh you're now making it an extra loophole for them this is barring you know That most people and the majority of people have been vaccinated already. This isn't like we're introducing something that 20% of people have done. But I really don't feel comfortable with the OHL being the first ones that come out and say this is mandatory if you want to play in our league.
1: Yeah, the league has said they will work with members who do not want to be vaccinated. They'll figure out a path forward, whatever that means. There, there's not a. Then
0: what? You, then what are yeah, you doing here? You have to be vaccinated. But if you're not, we'll work yeah, with like, you.
1: Nobody knows what that means. There's so many questions surrounding that.
0: It means how good is the player and how much money does the family have? That's what that means. It's pretty fair,
1: actually. I, I yeah. don't think you're that far off. I don't think you're that far off. Is he a London but, Knight? Yeah, <laughs>
2: he can do whatever he wants.
1: But honestly, I I I think the league has to do this. I think the league, as as much as your uh, your you're, it's a difficult conversation to have. I think they have to do that because they did not play last year, and it's imperative that this league plays this year without any interruptions. And oh yeah, you got to cross into the U.S. to to play half your season starting in November. So i I don't mind that the league has come up with this because I think they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. They need to do this I think
2: that's where they get away with it there is if they tell players you can't you can't just play in Canada this year, you have to play American games too, and you can't get across the border unless you're doubly vaccinated
0: right yeah I get that and and let's put a number on how many kids are are not going to be vaccinated at this point. You know, what is the, I I understand that that's one of the the big hitches, but what if they sign this player and this is the, you know, this player is not vaccinated. What if the team order is that kid cannot come? What if that kid has to stay home? You have to healthy scratch that kid. You know, is there going to be four guys on one team that are not vaccinated or choose not to be vaccinated that you're now going to be playing shorthanded when you go to Erie, when you go to Flint? I don't think so. And I mean, what what would be the difference of, you know, yes, injuries pile up. You may not have healthy scratches, but if these kids are just told that they're not allowed to go into the States and play the games that are played in the States, if they're not going to get vaccinated, I think that you talk about working with somebody. That's how you can work with somebody instead of mandating that their kid has to be vaccinated for them to play.
1: And maybe that that's will that's their path forward, right? That maybe that's the path forward for players who don't want to be vaccinated, as the league said in its release this week. Maybe they just don't play in the States, but um
0: I just think that for, you know, and, and you can take the, the West Division out of it because they do quite a bit of, of interacting back and forth in there. But, like, if there is a kid that plays for the Sudbury Wolves that's from Sudbury, that their family chooses not to be vaccinated for whatever reason. And, and that, again, it's I don't necessarily agree with not being vaccinated, or I don't agree with not being vaccinated. But if that's the way that the family goes or the, they determine their, their best course of action, why can't this kid that's from Sudbury that plays for Sudbury that would play four games in the U.S. be told that he now can't play in this league because he hasn't been vaccinated? It's it's becoming an us, it comes a little bit of an us and them, a you versus me, you know, oh, you're vaccinated, oh, you're not vaccinated. It's It becomes a little too classy, like, or levels of class for me, that maybe it should be, maybe we're at the point that it should be, but I just find it really strange overall that, like, you can. You don't have to prove it when you go to the grocery store. You don't have to prove it when you go play, you know, uh, sports in a in a gymnasium somewhere. You don't have to prove it when you go to church. But you have to prove it to the Ontario Hockey League. It, it, to me, that's that seems out of order.
1: Yeah, but I would I would argue that the Ontario Hockey League is different than any of those other things. Uh, and the one thing about the Sudbury anybody's in the East is not playing in the West this year. So we're only talking about. Possibly that impacting half the league. Um, we've seen it in gyms, like Good Life is losing customers because they're not mandating for their staff to be double vaccinated. Um, so maybe that's the case. You know, like you can say that if I don't want to be vaccinated, if if I don't want to be vaccinated, I'm not going to be allowed to play in the OHL. What about? kids who are double vaccinated and they're going to play in a league with kids who are not vaccinated. Maybe they don't want to do that either. So I think it goes both ends.
2: And I know this is rapid fire and I'm extending this even further, but what about coaching staffs who are now like, okay, I have to have a separate game plan for games in the States where I may not have a key player on my defense or a second line forward that plays a key role on a penalty kill, that type of thing. Now suddenly you're having to adjust just for a few games. I guess you treat it like an injury but
0: yeah you I mean you got to adjust in hockey I mean it, that that kid could very well hurt himself in practice the day before I mean that that's that's part of the game and and you know maybe this is a kid who you know you can talk about it being a superstar you can talk about it being a fourth line guy Maybe this comes into recruiting. Maybe this is something where, you know, we're going to keep you with a a junior B team this year, or we're going to send you back to, you know, whatever minor program that you were playing at for this year because you're not vaccinated, and maybe next year will be a little bit different, and maybe we don't want to juggle things. I mean, for, for the OHL to just come out unexpectedly and to drop the hammer on, like, the billets, the coaches the players. I mean, I don't know what it's like with the, the homes. I mean, if, if the parents, let's just say again, the kid uh, for, for being West East, let's say the kid lives in London and he gets vaccinated, but his parents don't and he lives at home. Is he eligible? Can he play because his parents choose not to and he's around his parents? Uh, to me this is this makes uh, this is a very extreme call that i don't think needed to be made i understand your point manny in the ohl has to play they have to make sure that they do something but this to me is two years in a row where the ohl is making things the most difficult out of any junior league in north america and i think they're going to pay the price for it again
2: And the CHL has announced a new broadcast agreement. Games will no longer be on Sportsnet. They will now be on TSN and even some weekend games on CBC. And they're also going to be streamed online as well. What do you guys think of that package?
1: I think it makes sense, actually, if you consider TSN being the home of the World Juniors. Uh, You know, they have junior-aged hockey players, and they make a big deal about the World Juniors. And uh, they had the U18s, and they also have some other junior hockey international tournaments that are on their network i think it makes sense for them to continue that theme of having junior hockey Uh, i was surprised a little bit about the cbc to be quite honest Uh, they're going to have some early season regular season games on cbc Uh, but i understand the trade-off they want to be able to stream more games so they're going to be on the cbc streaming service they will be on the tsn streaming service so i think that's a good move for the OHL and the CHL for that matter. And for fans wondering, they're still going to be shown on the local cable networks, whether it's Rogers or Kojiko or Shaw or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, the the accessibility I think is the best part of this, and, and hopefully there are a ton of games that they play because as we've seen, and you can see on the internet when you go on the internet this week, if you follow any hockey fan, hockey at this point uh, I think has never been more junior hockey crazy, more prospect crazy uh, than than it is right now, and this is an opportunity for you know junior hockey fans, or Vancouver Canucks fans, or Detroit Red Wings fans, or Montreal Canadiens fans to see a kid that they drafted in the fifth round last year that might be a prospect play junior hockey and you get a chance to see them before they end up either making the Montreal Canadiens or not playing there at all.
2: One of the things that I love, I love how the CBC always manages to get whatever games that they show, they manage to stream them and you don't have to pay for them. Like a lot of people don't know during the playoffs, every Canadian game that was shown on CBC, you could stream for free on CBC Jam or on CBC.ca. So many people pay for the packages And there you go. All your Canadian games were for free during the playoffs on cbc.ca.
1: And I think streaming is huge for the league. Uh, I think they need uh, a better streaming service for the CHL.
2: I agree because I've wanted to watch a lot of games, but I won't pay for their streaming service.
0: No, their streaming service is more expensive than the Major League Baseball extra innings package and the NHL center ice package. It's completely unreasonable, and hopefully this is something that changes it too.
2: And Luke Procott became the first NHL player under contract to reveal that he is gay. And um, we've covered a topic similar to this just a few weeks ago. Do you think more players will come out?
1: yeah I, I really think that this is just the first how about this kid though he's 19 years old the courage for him to step up and say that before he even gets to the NHL um, I think is fantastic and the other thing that I thought was fantastic is the outpouring of support that he got from hockey Twitter from hockey social media from the junior teams to the NHL teams the This is going to help make this um, more commonplace, uh, if I can say that. That people are going to be more comfortable to talk about their sexuality and not have it be such a factor in the world of sports.
2: And did you get a chance to watch the all-women broadcast of the Orioles-Rays baseball game on Tuesday night? And what did you guys think?
1: I only caught a bit of it, guys, but I thought... Again, it was fantastic. I think we talked about this before with the basketball. Like, why is it taking so long? Yeah, like these are pretty talented broadcasters.
0: I think that's the that's the spinoff that I take from it too, Manny. Why is it taking so long, and why are we surprised that this this went well? You know, like of course these, these women have been professional broadcasters and announcers and play by play and reporters for for like. Decades, some of them, like you know, when when the topic or the the discussion afterwards was like, "Oh, that was actually pretty good." Well, yeah, of course it was good.
1: Like, they're professionals. Why,
0: why wouldn't it have been good? Yeah, they're professionals. They're, yeah, this is their full-time job. They work for. Like these aren't just women that got plucked from the crowd. These are people that these major league networks have employed for several years already. And to do this, you're only going to take the best ones that you can you can you can grab to do it for the first time uh, and make it sound good. So no, we shouldn't be surprised, and we should be expecting this more. And and I think it would be great
1: let's get ready for the next one
2: the funny thing is, is i watch women's tennis all the time and most of the commentators for women's tennis are women so it doesn't really surprise me that uh women can call sports
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I-, I think it's just uh unfair that they got the orioles the Rays game on the youtube right. channel but i mean that's <laughs> that's beside yeah, the not point exactly
2: espn sunday night baseball but and uh, what do you guys think about the Yankees fan who threw a baseball at Alex Verdugo of the Boston Red Sox in the outfield? Banned for life from all major league parks. Fair or
1: foul? Definitely fair. Definitely fair. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he was probably inebriated when he did it. hope he regrets it. But you're whipping a baseball at a person. Like, come on. Get your head on right.
0: Yeah no oh, i I, th- I think it's I think it's ridiculous I, I think that uh you know hopefully like aaron Boone said at the uh, in his press conference afterwards, you know hopefully that guy was in was in jail, and hopefully he has to somehow pay for this and and this is something that you know to, to me is is the definition of assault um with uh, apparently the velocity that he threw it and from the area he threw it I mean assault with a deadly weapon you hit him in the head, who knows what could happen right i mean you, you can't just you can't just do this to people, and we saw this a ton in the NBA when the NBA first got it started—pouring beer on spitting. people's heads and spitting and running out on the court and stuff like that. Like these these animals, like you know, we we, we take for granted the fact that these sporting events are are a pleasure, that there's something that we're lucky to be able to to attend, and these people are are going to at some point ruin it for for everybody.
1: This guy wasn't even charged though That's what gets me No Like
0: No he was kicked out He was banned by Major League Baseball And I think he was just hanging out Outside waiting for his buddies
2: And the new trailer for the new Jackass movie Speaking of bodily harm It's out It's
1: called Jackass Forever Speaking of jackasses (laughs) Yeah
2: (laughs) Hello I'm Johnny Knoxville Welcome to Jackass
1: (laughs) Concussions aren't great
2: But as long as you have them before you're 50 It's cool and Knoxville's 49. So we're good. Ah.
1: Oh! Are you guys gonna watch this movie?
0: I can't wait to watch this movie. <laughs> I can't wait.
1: You've seen all the other Jackass movies, right?
0: I've seen all the other ones, yeah. yeah. And I mean they're they are pretty stupid. Yes. But I mean this this looks very entertaining from the trailer at least.
1: It looks as entertainingly stupid. Like Yes. I think I've seen them all on a on a bus. So, on a, uh, on a hockey uh-huh.
0: bus. So. I thought you were going to say Bender, but yeah, <laughs> maybe the same thing. <laughs> I'll watch. You've done a couple of these on a Bender, haven't you?
1: I should be the star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our Johnny Knoxville. There he is.
1: And
2: some sad news on the last week. The man who gave us this gem has passed away.
1: Oh, baby, you!
2: Marquis died at the age of 57 after a series of complications from diabetes
1: that's sad that's a great tune like yeah that is that's like one of the very few when it comes on everybody in the bar the building the backyard knows the song and starts
0: singing the words you yep. Yeah
1: you got what i mean yeah,
0: it's such a singable bar song it really is and
2: the more off key the better that's the best part. yeah oh
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, baby yeah, that's a-
2: you yeah it's a great 2 a.m or two thirty a.m song oh baby is right
0: <laughs> i think you better check on milo uh, over there at the baby house he
1: just looked up he's like what the heck's going on
2: what <laughs> <laughs> Can you keep it down here? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: no, no. <laughs> and back by popular demand, since our inbox is flooded with song suggestions, here's Pump It or Dump It for this week, and it's for the new song by Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber called Stay. Danielle wants to know if we would pump it or dump it.
1: I'm pumping it. This is a good song. Yeah, you
0: can pump that. Yeah. That's a good song. That's a good, song. Yeah, that's a good again, good backyard barbecue song. I mean, you know, that one's playing a little bit a little bit earlier in the day. That's maybe like a three thirty, four o'clock kind of song. Uh, to me that's not a ten thirty, eleven o'clock where we got Bismarcky uh, going uh, one after the other, after the other, after the other.
1: Yeah, I'd pump that.
0: And then Black Bear, but uh <laughs>
1: John, are you pumping that song?
0: Yeah,
2: I I like it, actually. I like Kid Leroy. This is the second Kid Leroy song that I like.
0: You know, know, I don't mind Bieber. Bieber's got some some bangers (laughs) out there. He's got some skills. Good old Stratford boy. (laughs) (laughs) At least one of you made it out all right.
1: (laughs) Stratroy, we're not even from the same town. Uh, Uh, Oh, yeah, I know.
2: Uh, I (laughs) know. And that does it for this edition of Rapid Fire on this edition of the OT. (laughs)
0: Yeah, make sure you follow us on social media for future considerations on Facebook, Podcast F F C on Twitter and Instagram. We actually beat Frank Servalli to twenty seven <laughs> of the thirty two <laughs> picks on Podcast F F C. Great content, great videos there as well. Fake
2: news. Twenty six of the twenty seven wrong, but you know, details,
0: <laughs> details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He had uh, Iron Man and uh, the Boss Baby getting picked, but... Uh... <laughs>
1: they might have been better than half the guys that Seattle got.
2: <laughs> and don't forget to email us with sh- uh, show suggestions and guests and topic ideas. And also, of course, pump it or dump it suggestions.
1: Yeah, we got a yes. ton of emails too. By the way, uh, a lot of people making fun of our spelling from the last <laughs> no. episode. Not uh-huh. very good. And a Kiefer emailed us said how can we not say cinnamon toast crunch when we were rhyming Uh, off all the cereals that we
0: had okay okay my children like that kiefer, so yeah there's that
1: john is that a is that your cereal do you do you like that now
2: um actually i'm a cap and crunch guy but uh, it rips the top of your mouth apart though that's the only (laughs) problem with it you gotta wait till it gets a bit soggy what?
1: John the new it's dangerous. S- John's the new spokesperson for Captain Crunch cereal. <laughs> Rips the top of your mouth.
2: <laughs> Makes you feel alive on a Saturday morning when you're watching cartoons.
1: <laughs> uh, throw on some Boss Baby and Iron Man, and you're all set.
0: Mom, why is the milk red? <laughs>
2: I had a hell of a childhood,
0: let me tell you. Uh, That's just the split in your tongue from Captain Crunch.
1: (laughs) Well,
0: uh, I know
1: what cereal not to buy next.
0: Yeah, we we can tell you who's not going to be a sponsor for future considerations. But we can thank our sponsors that we do have on the podcast. Shane DeBalovic, Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training, nutrition. He would not be a fan of the Captain Crunch, I don't think either, unless there was just green tea instead of milk. But uh, he's, uh, he's still on board.
1: Yeah, that's good. Christina and Dennis at London Awnings, quality that shows. I don't know if they're big Captain Crunch fans either. So,
0: <laughs> what, what is that? Is it Post? Are they Post or are they Kellogg's? Uh, I think they're Post. We, okay, we don't want to write off Kellogg's. <laughs> I think that they're going to put in a fair amount of money soon <laughs> enough. So we don't want to piss off Kellogg's, but
1: they're <laughs> Post. Great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you go back uh, while you're eating your Frosted Flakes listen to our previous debate shows and guests too, Mark Edwards and Jerome barube uh, hockeyprospect.com earlier in this week uh, former Kings Vice President Mike Fuda, Windsor Spitfire prospect Wyatt Johnston hoping to hear his name get called tonight as well, enjoy the draft uh, and uh, thank you so much for listening to the show.
1: That was a disgraceful performance in my opinion In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst.
2: It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage.
0: You're still here? It's over. Go home.